Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Ray and Tay Today. Talking sports with friends. Bella, just talk about sports. Here it is, y'all. We're on the air. Sit on the sofa, throw your hands in the air. We're talking sports so you can come. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. We miss you. You're listening to Ray and Tay today, and I'm Ray Tall Rayside. And I am Tay Eric Taylor. Wow. We are back and we return talking about the NBA playoffs, the 2023 NBA playoffs, and we are deep in the conference finals. Right now, we're at a point where both the Denver Nuggets and the Miami Heat are on the verge of sweeping the Lakers and the Celtics. We've got the draft lottery. We've got legacy. We've got legendary and and coaches and playoff teams with coaching spots open, five spots open. But, Ray, I want to start off with asking you this question. Can the Lakers and the Celtics, who are both tied and we both know the NBA would love to see them in the finals, can they avoid getting swept? And how in the heck are they on the verge of being swept in the first place? What's going on, right? I was going to say, what a low bar we have. (laughs) A week ago, if you would have told me we would be on the air talking about will they not get swept? First of all, Boston was favored, and Denver was favored, I guess, uh, with the people who know. And, you know, we picked Denver, both picked Denver to win. Um, oh, I yeah, they the were Celtics favored. They were favored. But um, yeah, this is crazy. This, you know what? This comes down to heart and will and determination and pride. So I actually think that I wouldn't be surprised if both teams won, that is the Lakers and the Celtics. I just don't know what's in their head right now because it, it, it's not basketball. It's not basketball. You know, Darvin Ham has made some adjustments, and he's done fine. Maybe Missoula's been outcoached. Um, Missoula's definitely talent. been outcoached, and Darvin Ham is not the issue. He's been a great coach first season. No, that's what I'm what saying. A, he comes what down a to job. the players. It comes yeah. down to the players, and it comes down to what's between their ears and or what's in their heart and what's how much heart? they want they want to play, how hard they want to play. Do they want to jump on the ground for loose balls? Are they willing to sacrifice, pick up a charge? Are they willing to, you know, get back on defense? <laughs> I mean, what's up? This, this is Are they willing to play the like Dennis Rodman? Finals? Well, that's why Dennis Rodman's a Hall of Famer, because – not many people are willing to play like Dennis Rodman. No, you're right. And, I, you know, what's really fascinating, you kind of feel like not only has uh, Joe Mazzullo lost the team, but you kind of feel like at the beginning of the season, the Celtics organization, they handled everything wrong with Ibeo Duca. They, they did not keep it private like most organizations do and should when it's an HR issue. But I do think – Looking at that press conference, Jalen Brown, they looked battered, beaten, confused. Missoula had no answers. And, yes, they did lose Gallinari. Yes, they've had injuries. Yes, Robert Williams is not 100% healthy. They've had all these different issues. 
but your two all-world players who averaged 30 points in Tatum and 26 in Brown, they've been terrible. The turnovers, the sloppiness, the lack of effort. You've got Malcolm Brogdon. You've got Marcus Smart. You've got Grant Williams. You have talent. Sixth this man is one of the, of the year, Malcolm process. Brogdon. Two-time huh? deep. I said sixth yeah. man of the oh, year, yeah, Malcolm no. Brogdon. You're right. And Marcus Smart is, a, is, a, is an is the um, the NBA's defensive player of the year last year. So these yeah. are real ballers. You know, they still have a talent advantage over Miami. Yeah, because Ma- Miami's also not fully loaded. They're missing Tyler Hero and who's the other player? Victor Oladipo. Yeah. So, I mean, gosh, imagine if those guys were there. We'd be looking at Miami like uh, they they're gonna win the chip. I mean, you know the way. And I mean, not not in the beginning of the season, even with that roster, but the way that they're playing now, we would all view them differently. And you know, kudos to Jamal Murray and Jimmy Butler, who right now, if we're being honest, they're the two most exciting and fun players to watch in the playoffs. I mean, yes, it's a joker. It's obvious. You know, Booker was playing great when he was in. Um, Jalen Brunson was exciting for our Knicks. But Jimmy Butler, what he's been doing, and really what, you know, you're seeing from Jamal Murray, 30 points at the half. He took the heart from the Lakers. Now, give the Lakers credit. They, they were fighting to the end of that game. It's not, they're not doing what Boston's doing. They're just going up against the best team in the NBA. Right, and they have too much firepower, right? If the game were 40 minutes, the Lakers might even be tied. But the game's 48 minutes, and the Lakers just don't have enough powder in the gun. You know what I mean? They just – you can't play LeBron 48 minutes. You can't play Anthony Davis 48 minutes. D'Angelo Russell's defense gets exposed. They just don't have enough – to, to, to deal with this Denver Nugget team. They just, just, just keep coming and coming and coming. Um, but I wanted and to make a missing point piece right there, D'Angelo Russell. If they can upgrade him next season, and I know you don't like it, but either with a Kyrie or a Fred Van Fleet, that changes that Lakers team because I like all the other pieces. And, and, and let's, let's clap it up for Rui Hachimura, who has found a home – um, found like a new life and career with under Darvin Ham and with Davis and LeBron. Uh, Hachamar has been amazing in this playoffs. He has been. And, you know, you got to give the Lakers GM some credit because he kind of pulled the rabbit out of the hat by getting rid of Westbrook and revamping the team midseason. Most of the times you do that in the offseason. He did it midseason and his team went all well, the way to the Well, two thirds of the season. Two thirds of the yeah. season. Not even midseason. Two thirds. But listen yeah, to this. No, so you it, just said, you just said something very interesting. You talked about Jimmy Butler, uh, and the the other guards. So Jamal Murray and um, Devin Booker. So think yeah. about how talented the NBA is. And I told you this a couple of weeks ago. There are going to be a couple of guards that <laughs> are phenomenal that are not on the NBA all, def- all, all teams, and not because of injury. You know, like you could argue, hey, my guy's Kawhi Leonard, right? But he can't stay healthy. So he can't be on an all-NBA team because he can't stay healthy. But listen right, to Right, but they left so, off John Morant, and we were both like, Well, Whoa. that's exactly I mean, my that's... point. So listen to this. Yeah. So you've got – so Jimmy Butler's second-team all-NBA, right, along with Jalen Brown on that team. And then obviously Luca and Shea 
Gilgis Alexander had wonderful seasons, even though Luca didn't make the playoffs, but statistically had an uh, you know, unbelievable season. And then the third team, De'Aaron Fox and, and, and Dame Dollar. So you're telling me But when you don't make the playoffs or the play-in, I don't think you belong in any of those top three teams. That, no, that may be true, and we can debate <laughs> that. But listen to this. So, so those are the six best guards in the league, let's say, right? First three, uh, uh, the three teams, all NBA. You're telling me that the guy who might go down as the most clutch fourth quarter scorer is not uh, Jamal Murray didn't even sniff the third team. Devin Booker didn't sniff one of those teams, and John Morant didn't sniff one of those teams. Devin, and forget about Kyrie Irving, right? But if you do Kyrie Irving, who may be the most talented, uh, certainly offensively, so you got four yeah. guys who were not one of the top three teams. All NBA, and it just tells you the status of the guard position, especially in the NBA, how much talent there is. These eight guys could all be, you know, multiple five, six, seven, eight, nine-time All-Stars. Maybe even, you know, five or six of them could be Hall of Famers. I mean, this is an unbelievable era of guards in the NBA. No, you're right, Ray. We, we, we've got, uh, you know, great guard play in the league. Hey, listen, I even like the resurgence of some of the big men. You know, Joel Embiid kind of collapsed in, you know, game seven. But MVP, deservedly, great season. Um, you know, the Joker, there's been, you know, you look at Giannis, Davis. There's a lot of talented big guys with a ton of versatility um, you know, in the league. And, and I just think in general, but it's so weird because it is refereed. The refs have been terrible in the playoffs. I hate to say it. I don't, you know, it's a hard job. I don't like to, you know, just bag on them, but you got to be honest. And the, the, the refereeing phantom fouls, then random, like no calls when guys are getting clobbered, like be consistent one way or the other. But that's been bad, but the league, like you, you always say to me, there's no defense in the NBA right now, and I think it's it's really a different league because when you look at this league, and I and I was just like looking at the all-time scoring list, and 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 I'm so sorry, I, I meant to start off the show with, you know, even though we're not talking football, of course, a quick R.I.P. to the legendary, probably the best football player ever, Jim Brown, and a happy congratulations and retirement to probably one of the most underrated hoopers and players and really class act, no problems ever off the court, legitimate Hall of Famer Carmelo Anthony, a legendary uh, Nick and Denver Nugget player who should have been in the league this year, was blatantly disrespected, but hats off to Melo. Thanks for the memories, bro. Carmelo was the man, you know. he was, And he was supposed to be the Chris Bosh down there, but he took the five-year deal instead of the three-year deal when he did the extension in Denver, or else he would have been down there with the Heat, and that was the plan, you know. But it, it you know, he he did his own thing. So hey, but I, I had to, got a shout out, Melo, man. Like great, Chris great Bosch, player. In in retrospect, Chris Bosh is probably a better fit. Um, I don't know if Melo would have been because Chris Bosh can legitimately play the four-five, and Melo plays the three-four. So I think. It all worked out for the best for that for that Heatles team, you know, for the big three down there. 
Yeah, they were, they but, didn't need but they still could have so had much. other random big bodies where that may – they may not have lost to Dallas if Melo was there. Think oh, about that's it. a good point. That's, that's their one – that's the one blemish because the splitting with San Antonio, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, because Melo's a yeah. better shooter than Wade or James. He just is. Yeah, true, true. Melo's a walking bucket. Like, he's like Kevin Durant. He wakes up, and he's already got 10 points before he walks in the arena. <laughs> he walks to his bathroom to brush his teeth. He's got 10 points, is what you yeah. say. <laughs> before oh, man, he even yeah, gets nah. his mouthwash on. I, mean, I, I definitely miss Melo. So, um, let, let's, let's kind of get back to the playoffs and legacy, but let's kind of talk about these coaches for a second. Um, I'm, I'm under the impression that Boston – is probably going to fire Missoula. So we might wind up with a six job open. And I don't know if it's fair, but I feel like he, he's really lost the team, I think, in a devastating way. This is like, you know, it's not like the Lakers. We already clearly said the Nuggets are, you know, way superior. But the Celtics were favored. And when once Milwaukee lost, everyone was like, oh, Boston's going back to defend, you know, their Eastern Conference uh, championship and going to the finals to complete the mission. And most people were thinking that or at least thought that they would bang heads with Denver or a slight percentage Lakers. But this is a collapse. And maybe they do win a game. And maybe they surprise us and win two. I just don't think that they can win four in a row. It's just not, it's just not feasible. Not with Jimmy Butler on that team. And, and the veteran, as you pointed out to me, Kyle Lowry, who, yes, you know, he slowed down over the years, had a solid career from Villanova. But you do have to give him his props because he's not just like a guy carrying the luggage. If he gets two chips, Lowry could make a case that, hey, I, I need to enter the Hall of Fame maybe too. But, you know, just, it just boosts up his legacy. You know, we'll say that. Yeah. But, but so when you look at Philly and you look at Phoenix and you look at Milwaukee and you look at Toronto, now three of those four are real contenders. Um. And what's the other job? Is it still Houston available? Yeah, I think it's still Houston, right? Yeah. So what, what – I guess we could go kind of coach by coach. Where do you think Monty lands? I mean, we, we would probably say someone like a Monty, Nick Nurse, uh, Boonheiser, they're all going to get jobs. Where do you see Monty? And then we can go through there, you know, go through the other coaches. Well, hold on. But, but, but I want to step back just before I get into that for okay. a sec and just tell you that – I'm a little sad that the NBA has become the NFL when it comes to coaches and they're turning through coaches a little too fast and people aren't allowing these coaches to, you know, really run their programs. Yeah. To trip up. To make a mistake. About it though. It may just be musical chairs. So we may just be taking these four coaches and And putting them in different places, but there's never been an era in the NBA where you had Four coaches who are NBA champions. So think about this. Doc won in 2008 with the Celtics. Nick Nurse won in 2019 with the Raptors. Vogel won. Nobody's talking about Vogel. Vogel won in the bubble in 2020. And in 2021, Coach Bud won, and the runner-up was Monty Williams. So you have five coaches that, you know, in recent times have either won an NBA title or have been to the finals. All yep. five of them are on the sidelines. Not only that, the, the teams that 
Nurse, I guess the Toronto team's okay. But certainly, Monty's team, the Phoenix Suns, Bud's team, the uh, uh, Bucks, the uh, um, the Milwaukee Bucks, and Doc's team, the Philadelphia Sixers, are all great teams with MVPs on them. So they're unbelievable yeah. coaching jobs. Now, yeah, there's politics, and what do you do with James Harden? What do you, do? you know what, though? As a long-suffering Knicks fan, I want that guy. And Phoenix has two Two of those dudes, Milwaukee has one with a very stacked roster, and the Sixers have one, and, you know, I guess Harden's days are pretty much, you know, on the decline, but certainly have one, have an MVP. So not only are these four coaches, five coaches actually, you know, successful, accomplished championship coaches, but those, certainly those three, and then even Toronto's a good, a good you know, Van Vliet, they got to figure out Van Vliet and Siakam and whatever, and OJ Anubi. But that's a good job, too. Maybe not a great job, but a good job. So usually, you know, your, your coaching turnover is at the bottom third of the league. Right, for, for lesser teams. The top, like the top 20% of the league is no, turning you would over be their blessed coaches. To get, you'd be more than blessed to get any of these jobs. And let's not forget, because, you know, I, I got respect for him. Nate McMillan's out there. Atlanta fired him. And I, I don't know if he deserved it either because – Atlanta just had like some issues during the season because he did kind of fix the team the year before. So then now you're just like getting rid of him that quickly because they struggled in the middle of the season when they had some injuries with Collins and Trey Young was head wasn't in the game and him and Murray were taking turns figuring out that role. And then they kind of figured it out and pushed Boston to six, you know, so you know, you're right, and, and, and I'm still kind of shocked that the Knicks are keeping Tibbs, but, hey, he got them further than anyone expected, so I guess you got to keep them. But um, I don't know. I mean, I'd like to see Monty Ray in Philly. I think that would be nice. I think he could work well with whatever. Um, unfortunately, this guy never goes away. He's like, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to say anything bad, but – uh, Mike D'Antoni is in the coaching mix potentially in Philadelphia only because of Harden and Maury. And do you think that they need to go there to appease Harden to keep him? Is that like a, a legit and fair concept, do you think? I would move on from James Harden. I don't like his game in the playoffs. Totally he, agree. I, I, I hate to bring this up, but even in – the very beginning with Oklahoma City. And by the way, he's number 25 all time in scoring and Carmelo's nine. <laughs> he mailed it in and didn't have, and now he was a rookie coming off the bench, but every yeah. playoff since then, he, now he had a great game too. He had a 45 point game, which Philly had no business winning. Yeah. He had two games over 40 in a series and then yeah. disappeared the so other, other five he games. Has, he has in his repertoire, those games, but he also has the game sevens that we saw. So to me, and, and for the money that he wants, I cannot tie that money up in James Harden. So, I, you know, there's rumors. That no, because honestly, he, Ray, he's a, he, this, right now he's, he's a player who is 15 to 20 million a year, nowhere near 30, 40. But he wants 30 or 40 and at four right. years. So and I would sign him he, to two years. The most I could give him is two years, thirty million right now. At best, thirty-five million. That. He's not that's, taking that's that. That's all I could give him. 
That's all but I he's not taking that. But here's the question. Let's say you gave it to him. Is that giving your Sixers and Joel Embiid the, the best, best chance to win? Nope. To win? No. I'm not sure. Yeah. And I don't, but I don't know who do they supplement in. And then what do you do with Maxi? Is Maxi a one? Is he a two? Like he's a tweener. He's like a Joe he Dumars. He is, but in this day and age, I, I think you can get away with. Look, no doubt that James Harden led the league in assists, and James Harden averaged twenty a game. So even though he's not the James <laughs> Harden who scored thirty a game, and even though James Harden is not the guy we remember in Houston, yeah, no, he, he's he, still he, a very bad. James Harden player. is still pretty darn good in the league. Right, he's still a real, very yeah. productive player. So you're going to have to replace James Harden with two, if not three, players. So there's a lot of GMing to be done if you don't sign him. But, again, yeah. I have to look at this as Joel Embiid. And remember, Joel Embiid in his first three years couldn't stay healthy. Now, he's been very healthy, thank goodness, for the last two, three years. But and he's been great. You know, you know big men, and you know how their body can, can give out on them at any time. So this is the window. You have to take the next – if you're a Philly GM, you have to say our goal – is to win one, if not two, championships in the next four years. Yeah, three to four years. Does James Harden advance that goal? And I would say no. But who's – so, okay, let's just say no D'Antoni, you go with Bud or Monty, and you replace James with who? Are we going for Bradley Beal? Are we going for the the, – take a shot on Jordan Poole, Clay Thompson – um, what other what other potential point two guards do you do you say? Okay, can I try to bring in crazy wild Kyrie with uh, with Joel and have Maxi play too? Like what what who's fulfilling that spot that's out there that there's a legitimate chance for Philly to advance? Because that's a that's a it's real a, you question. You know what? It's a very good question because the guards out there are, you know, who's out there? Westbrook, Harden, Irving, D'Angelo Russell, Fred Van Vliet. Maybe you get a Fred Van Vliet. He's small. That, that, that sounds Vliet nice. Maxi together. Um, you know, Karis LeVert. Do you look at a guy like that? Um, you know, again, you need multiple guys. Yeah, but that's like a, that's like a six, seventh man. Yeah, yeah. 100%. But, yeah, there, there isn't that one guy – that you look out there on the free agent list that is, you know, that you really, maybe you, you get like a well, Tory Craig to, to, to give you some minutes up front. Um, but what if I play devil's advocate and Cam tell you, Johnson. right. But what if I play devil's advocate and tell you, Hey, Dan, Tony will make scoring easier for this team. He can free up Joel and Tobias turn Maxi into a next level player and scorer. He's an offensive guru, and Philly had issues scoring at times, and and why not try D'Antoni and 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 have Harden play that eleven assists, eighteen to twenty two points a game role? What what do you say you to that? It's it's a it's a legitimate argument. Now yeah. I don't think D'Antoni's style of basketball wins. However, the NBA but he's never last, had an MVP center. Years, Let's be honest. He's never had well, an a, NBA. He's never had an NBA center, uh, an NBA center like this. And B, he's never had an NBA that plays absolutely no defense. So, <laughs> so, 
So maybe he it is could be <laughs> that in this era of the NBA, which is the last five years, but you know what's interesting? Ironically enough, the times when Denver and Miami have dominated is when they've actually played defense, right? Because they're, I mean, you know Denver's a phenomenal offensive team, and Miami somehow is patching together offense. But it's really the defense that's, that's allowing them to go on those spurts. And yeah. so defense is important. Um, but, but you know what? Your point isn't bad. Maybe, you know, you go out there in free agency and you do a quick, you know, sort of quick splash in free agency. And if you can't get those free agents to upgrade your talent, then maybe if you can get Harden for two years and D'Antoni on a short leash – Maybe you give it a shot. Joel Embiid's window is is we're right in the middle of it. You know he might have. And you know what? I, I could talk myself into that because I'd like to see Maxi unleashed, and I do think D'Antoni could help Tobias. So hey, I mean, because it's not like Philly. Let's be honest. They got the roster. It's not the roster. It's the it's the strategic. It's the want to. It's the why the Cavs disappear. And maybe D'Antoni says, hey, I bring me a Bulldog defensive coordinator. And let's be honest, I think it's time finally for Mark Jackson to get a job and Sam Cassell to get a job again and Sam Cassell to get a job. I mean, that's, that's you know, um, does Boston keep Missoula? No, I think they fired him. I don't think, I don't think so either. And does and Damon Stoudemire, because, and they I should mean, have not released Stoudemire. They shouldn't have got rid of Stoudemire on that staff. Maybe they bring Stoudemire back and he gets a job. Damon's been, you know, a great assistant for years like Sam Cassell, you know. You know so, what, though? I think the Celtics are going to get one of those coaches that we said who's won a championship. I think you need somebody to get – if they keep Harden – Nurse um, or – you mean – Yeah, yeah. Well, Philly, Philly, you could argue, should do the same thing. Um, they, they need a guy who can, you know, throw his rings down on the table – and say, if you want the jewelry, you got to listen. So I don't know that a Sam Cassell, he wanted as a player, I shouldn't say that, but I don't know that anybody Oh, no, Cats will respect it. Sam because they still Sam drop real buckets. <laughs> <laughs> they will, they will, but I do think the coach has to have won it. With, with the aspirations that the Celtics and the Sixers have, and the fact, the way that the season sort of dismantled. Milwaukee's different because I think their program is still good. But the way Boston and Philly just sort of crumbled, I think they need a guy that's won a title before. Okay, so just... Nick Nurse to Boston, Coach Bud to Philly, Monte Williams to Milwaukee. There we go. Wu-Tang's for the children, blue and cream. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> All good choices. All good choices. But what? Who goes to Phoenix? What do you do with the Phoenix Suns? Do they go so young? Phoenix There's is rumors. not a coaching issue. Phoenix is a GM issue. So, uh, you know, I, they well, need I, to find no, 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 no. They need to find talent, cheap talent. I think the GM is good. He's just got to – because of the trade in the season and what they had to give up to get Durant, they didn't have – they just had six players. Seven, no, eight, no, no, nine, I'm, I'm not blaming him. Bench. I'm not blaming James Jones. Uh, what yeah, I'm yeah. saying is the success of that team right, he's will got work not to do. be predicated so much on the coach. It'll be on the GM giving the coach 
you know, very serviceable and talented role players. Right, but this is the debate right now, right now out here. Do you keep Aiden and Paul, or do you move DeAndre Aiden and Chris Paul, or do you keep and move one or the other? Well, how do you view that? Because that's really what's key. I get rid of both. both. Start okay, fresh. so let me tell you the rumors, and this leads us to the draft lottery. Congratulations to Pop. You know, who, who's going to be able to get uh, Victor, uh, you know, Victor Wanyaba or whatever. You know, that's, um, that's, that would be more than exciting for any Spurs fan. So the, the rumor is the number three pick, which right now a lot of people are saying could be Scoot Henderson, potentially, you know, Brandon Miller went through that controversy, but was a stud player in college this year, could go to number two Charlotte. But they're saying that potentially – they could trade the third pick and some um, upfront up player for, and I don't know who that upfront player is. I'd have to go through Portland's roster for DeAndre Ayton. Uh, does Portland do it? Does Phoenix do it? And do you like that? And then I don't know what in the heck you get for Chris Paul. I just don't know. And is, is that where you say, I'm going to get rid of Paul and Tory Craig and give up a future first round pick? to do a signing trade and go take and go take a chance to get Kyrie. I don't need Kyrie Irving on on uh Phoenix. I think Phoenix has good chemistry. I think they have good what's what you know again, he only played eight games, Durant, but it feels like it's a good thing. I don't need to inject another wild card in there. I think Devin Booker is as is as you know talented as they come. You yeah. know my love for Kevin Durant. Don't need a Kyrie Irving from a talent perspective. Okay, so, so then you go get talent, Fred Van Fleet. You could go get Fred Van Fleet. You could go get – there's a lot of guys you could get. I mean, Harrison You wouldn't Barnes, touch D'Angelo Russell, to, though, would you? No. I don't think so. Like, I, I could yeah. get, like, a Harrison Barnes as kind of a six-man or Jordan Clarkson. Well, not, not, yeah, wanna, but, but we're talking about a guard. If you're moving Paul and you're moving Aiden, how are we replacing that? If you move Aiden, you're replacing uh, Paul by maybe potentially Scoot Henderson to play point, but you're going with a young point guard. That's okay if you still got campaign and you got Booker who can play a little point shooting guard combo. But, you know, then what are you doing with bigs? You're not just relying on um, the Vander kid and, and, and B, you know, Bismack, the Bismarck. You get Bismarck. your boy, Nikola Vucevic. <laughs> He's a free oh, agent. Yeah. Listen, listen. Nikolai Vucevic. He's not. He's not Djokovic. He's not the Joker, but he's a Nikolai. He's a Vucevic. Yeah, I, I. I actually like that because he can. He can pass. He's. He's movable. He's not just stuck in the post, but he can score. He can give you fifteen, eighteen a night if you need him to. Um, in ten, he's a player. Yeah. No. It's. It, there's a. There's a lot. You know. So. I don't know. I mean, looking at this list, I you know, you, you've got, um, I don't know, looking at the, the, the potential draft kids, this isn't an overly deep draft. I think there's a lot of talent. I think it's top heavy, top three to five players. I, I'm not sure that there's, you know, besides with the Spurs. And I really do like Matt. I mean, he's legit. That could really help Charlotte. Uh, especially if LaMelo comes back and then our boy Bridget comes back, 
you add Miller and the different players they have, P.J. Uh, Washington, um, Charlotte can you know, potentially make themselves into the play-in or, or the you know, back end of the Eastern Conference. Houston at the fourth pick, they just, you know, they're really just stacking up young players. Eventually they're going to have to sign somebody. Um, you know, it's, it, but I do think what we may see this offseason is a lot of trades. I think the NBA, just like how you said with the NFL, with the coaches, we've seen traditionally in the last 10 seasons, the NBA has done a lot of wheeling and dealing of superstars. So I think we got we we got to prepare ourselves for that July fourth to you know to the tenth as we get into Tay's favorite time of the year summer league. There's going to be a lot of players moving, Ray. You know what? Absolutely right. And one of the things that will be interesting to see is if you look at the draft, basically Victor Wembanyama, and then like fifteen freshmen and four. Uh, kids that, that would have been freshmen in college but went to the G League and to, to overtime yeah. elite. So uh, uh, this will but be a some, real... But there is some, some pretty put, nice little talent there. There's some guys. I mean, they're, they're not all scrubs. No, I know, but like Scoot Henderson went to, went to G League Ignite and, and the Thompson brothers played in the other one, the overtime elite, right? Yeah. And so you've got a situation where we'll see if that taking that one year – and playing professional ball, you know, gets them ready versus the other kids. You know, there's uh, there's Case and Wallace from uh, from Kentucky and and Jarris Walker from uh, from Houston and and obviously, you know, you said that the, the prize is going to be Brandon Miller, uh, right? In any other year, he'd be number one, but you know, when the seven five unicorn comes out, you'll be number two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, no, but Brandon, I I think Miller. I mean, we saw it like he's he's talented, like he's good. He's talented, yes. You know, he reminds me of a little bit Jamal what? Mashburn. Ooh, he's got a little oh, Jamal gosh. Mashburn in him, right? Yeah, six he, eight, six nine, inside, he, outside. He's more he's athletic than Jamal bit. Mashburn. Jamal Mashburn's offensive game was probably a little more developed, pure. In, you know, as a so freshman. Pure. <laughs> oh, but um, oh, they'll yeah, get emotional I, I, thinking about Mash. I want to see. I, I but but like you said about DeAndre Ayton, I want to see Portland do that just because. It can potentially get Lillard back in the playoffs. You know, even if even yeah. if he's not the man. And, you know, I, I was never a big DeAndre Ayton fan. I mean, I thought he was number one overall. I thought he was a very good sort of, you know, uh, somewhere between somewhere between a good and very good player. Um, he was number one overall. Indiana signed him to that offer sheet. And so Phoenix decided they had to, they had to run it back and match the offer sheet. But – He's not. He's not the man. He's not the man you can build your team around. However, Dame Lillard is the man. So maybe if he plays with Dame Dollar and Anthony Simmons, and they get a little more talent out there in Portland, maybe. Well, you know what they A lot of teams think that they can fix Aiden. They think Phoenix used him incorrectly. They think he needs a change of scenery. A lot of teams think like how Laurie Markkinen got to Utah and then found his game again, another Arizona player. A lot you know of what? Eastern Conference teams and a lot of teams, they that. view your boy. Yeah. I could buy into that. You know what? And, and here's another thing. I feel like you have to make life a little uncomfortable for DeAndre Ayton because 
he came from the Bahamas and he came to Arizona. And then he played a year at the University of Arizona. And then he was drafted by the Phoenix Suns, which last time I checked my geography was in the state of Arizona. So mm-hmm. I feel like he needs a little he needs to be shake pushed. me up. Yeah. Maybe he needs, you know what? We send that brother to Canada, you know? <laughs> Toronto. He needs to be as Ooh, far wait, wait, away wait. from Let me Arizona. Tell you they would love to put a package of Chris Paul and DeAndre Ayton and bring back Siakam and, Nor- and, and Fred Van Fleet and throw in a number one pick if they have one in 2027. Ooh. I don't know that I don't know that I would do that if I'm Toronto, but uh, <laughs> well, you know, but Toronto. You, know you need he needs a change of scenery. Is the bottom line for DeAndre. But, but, so but I remember, Toronto was kind of loosely shopping cats, like all their cats. So maybe, and, and let's not forget this kid from Arkansas that was really nice, the six seven kid uh, with Anthony uh, Black or Luke or whatever his name was. He was nice too. Um, yeah, Anthony Black. Yeah, yeah. The yeah, there's some Arkansas. talent. Yeah, um, you know the the other kid from uh, Kansas, the the six eight kid. You know, so there's oh, Dick. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, you know, so there's some you know there's some some ballers, you know, but um, I like our, our guy from uh, Villanova too. I think you mentioned him, uh, Cam or whatever. So yeah, Cam Whitmore. Yeah, he's nice. Yeah, no, he is. So I, I, I'm open to say this is going to be one of those really wide open off seasons. A lot's going to happen, but let's let's kind of get back to the playoffs. And whether it's four or five, I think we've got to look to Denver, Miami. And when I start to break down that series, I'm wishing Victor and Tyler Hero were coming back because then I could see a seven-game battle. And if I'm being honest, I know Jimmy Butler's not getting swept, and I know Coach Spoll's not getting swept. But I, I really would say Denver would probably win in five or six games. Sometimes Denver plays around and gets too cute, so I might have to give Jimmy two games just because he's built like that. And, 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 and let's give credit. Bam's been playing better. And when Bam wakes up, and Bam, it's almost like you just want to, like, get a lightning bolt from the heavens to shock Bam because Bam is actually really talented and and. And it's, it could be interesting to see, you know, Miami kind of, you know, really throw Denver around a little bit. And I, and I think it could shake Denver. So I would, I would pick Denver to win in six. But I, I think Miami is going to make this a finals. Because let's be honest, the Eastern Conference and Western Conference finals, yeah, it's entertaining because we love basketball. But nobody likes to see sweeps in, in the conference finals. That's kind of boring. Yes, agreed. And I would say that Denver is the one team that, even though Boston has more talent and Milwaukee has more talent, the Miami Heat, Miami Heat were able to find a way, I could see Denver just comes at you in waves. And their firepower on offense and their sort of occasional defense is such that you need to sort of match them. And, you know, they have that great home court 
in Denver, undefeated in the playoffs, and, and tied for the best home record. So I can't see Miami, you know, giving Denver the business in Denver. So I think you're right. I, I would say this goes five, maybe six, but I would say five. Um, in, in probably close games, but at the end of the day, Denver just has too much, too much posse. They just keep coming at you and at you and at you, and they have size. And, you know, think about, think about the size factor, right? Other than ba-bam, ba-bam, bam, bam. Other than bam, bam, Miami well, Kevin, has no wait, size. Wait. Kevin Love is Kevin a Love, answer. yeah, but you're right. Kevin Love maybe five years ago. But, yeah, Ke- all right, Kevin Love will give you No, no, minutes, he's, but, listen, listen, he's had a nice playoff run. He's played well. He has, well. but he's hurt, though, isn't he? You know, he's, he's playing on that bad foot now. Um, and by the way, shout out to LeBron because I think he's really hurt, but nobody. No, no, he him. is really hurt, and I, he's just a warrior. To, yeah, no, he's. You know, I mean, we always, you know, we always got to talk about this legacy stuff. We'll get there in a minute, but yeah, no, he is really hurt. But you're right. I, I Denver's too much posse, and and props to not just Murray and the Joker. I love Michael Porter Jr. Aaron Gordon has his moments, but he's underestimated underestimated how great he's been defensively um brown uh freaking uh codwell pope is just a solid veteran two-way player you know they really denver's denver's a you know and we've talked about this during the season they they were the best team i mean they really were they deserve to be the nba champions joker answers the bell the year he doesn't win mvp but legitimizes his two mvps and and then he gets you know he gets pushed up there he gets he's building a legendary top potentially 25 30 player of all time nba career we're watching it being built and constructed right now because if we're being honest he's doing stuff that no one's ever done what about game one a 30 20 10 11 like triple double like are you kidding me this guy's doing stuff like wilt and 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 crazy players like it's it's bizarro and i think he's just the futuristic bigger version of larry bird it's beautiful to watch it really is. And you know what? What's great for us, old heads, is that <laughs> he combines an old school and a I'm new only 27, game. Ray. I'm only 27. <laughs> he combines an old school and a new school game, right? Like yes. old school centers didn't play like this at the top of the key, pick and roll, handling the ball. Like at the end of game or in the third quarter of game what was it, game three, when he told his coach, he was like, coach, man, let me and Jamal run the pick and roll on our side. He has the ball sometimes. I have the ball. No other center in the history of the league can do that. Even guys like Akeem, you know, that were crazy versatile, uh, they they couldn't do that. That's just not the way centers, you know, played. Um, And so in in that respect, he's, he's new school in the fact that he passes he doesn't need to but score he's, he's a, to he's, dominate. He's a great passer. He's not like an average or decent. No, no, he's, he's a, a great, great like better than 99.9% of the NBA point guards passer, you know? Yeah. Um, he's a great passer, but at the same time, he plays big. He feel you feel, he's not, I can't. No, he's a grown man but, out there. But you feel his body. He bangs yeah. on you. He, he, you know, he pins you down. He mismatches the little guards. He punishes these little guards. 
not like some of these other centers that when they'll have a mismatch, they'll shoot a 10-foot jumper. Like, no, don't shoot a 10-foot jumper. A couple of dribbles back to the basket, go up and shoot a layup, get fouled, go to the foul line, hit 84% from the foul line. So, yeah, so, so to me, we haven't seen a player like Nikola Jokic before, and it, it's beautiful to watch. Yeah, it, it really is. And, like, I think we're both taking Denver in five or six. I'll say six, you say five. But, you know, Miami will make it entertaining. You're not embarrassing Miami, and that's one thing that I respect so much. And I think it's time to tip our hat to Coach Spolster. I mean, he is really putting together um, – he's a top, easy three to five coach in the league – he may go down as a top 10 coach in NBA history, which sounds crazy, but it, if, say, you, yeah, if you really absolutely. look, it's really true. It and could be top 10. He might even be creeping up that list. Yes. You know, yes. And top eight, top seven, top, you know, he, in terms of what you get. He like needs you another title. It. Correct. He could but use you one more title. Getting more with less. Doing more well, no, less. yeah, he's def- he always does more with less. What happens is he gets discredited for the two, I think, because everyone just sees Wade and LeBron. But what he's been able to do with, like, these rosters and continuous playoff runs and, you know, getting to the finals in the bubble and then now potentially getting to the finals again, you know, you got to – You'd like to see a chip without LeBron, you know what I mean? But, but he like, also he hasn't had the rosters. You know, with all due respect, and I got a lot of respect, if somebody told you you're winning an NBA title or even going to the NBA Finals, which it looks like they will again, so they went 2020 in the bubble and they'll go 2023, with Jimmy Butler as your best player and Bam Adebayo, as your second bio, best player, I will bite LeBron that's James. not historically a recipe for winning championships. You but know he what I'm saying? Ka- Lowry. Ka- Lowry. Which is, a Lowry. Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry. But you know what I'm saying? Am I right? Because if you look at the NBA champions for the past, you know. No, no. They're, they're stacked rosters. Years, You're right. They're stacked they're rosters. Bro. Much better rosters than the Heat have. The Heat are maximizing what they have, but they don't have, uh, you know, a crazy, crazy stacked roster. Could they get any help? Like, I, I wonder what their cap is. I can't imagine they're paying these guys that much. I mean, Lowry's overpaid, but maybe he's about to come off. Like, I wonder, could they add something or a, like, would a legit player say, you know what? I want to go play with, with Jimmy Buckets. I want to go play with pound for pound, the, you know, the best two-way shooting guard in the league. He's, he, by the way, he's housed that title away from Clay Thompson. He smacks Bradley Bill in the face. Um, you know, Booker is obviously younger, more talented than him. But uh, Jimmy will be 34 in September at the start of the season. But easily you could say Jimmy's got four or five years left and – you know, he, what I love is that he'll do whatever needs to get done. If he's just got to score eight points and get 13 rebounds and 12 assists, he'll do it. Make clutch back. If you think about it, he's yeah. probably the only mega star 
that's willing to do that. I mean, maybe Nikola Jokic, but, but if you think about the NBA stars out there, You're right. the best players of the game, nobody does Totally that. unselfish. Kevin Durant doesn't do that. Giannis doesn't do that. LeBron doesn't do that. I mean, and no disrespect to them. I mean, they're, they're great. They, no, no, they he, won championships. He is the ultimate leader and warrior. And, you know, it, it's, it's been so great to watch this kid from Marquette who wasn't recruited, went to community college, this and that. You know, um, mom kicked him out at 13 because she said he looked like his father. <clears throat> but, but, but the point is, is that he's self-made. And we always respect players like a, a KG, like a, a, um, a Jimmy Butler, like a, um, who else, Scottie Pippen, that you saw them formulate their skills to become these two-way players. And those might be three of the best two. I mean, I just was thinking off the cuff and just throwing out these names. But if you think about it, those may be three of the best two-way players, legitimate good defenders and offensive uh, weapons in Garnett, Scottie Pippen, and Jimmy Butler that, that we've ever seen. And you'd have to throw in Havlicek too, but you know what I mean? Like those are legendary two-way players. And, I mean, the greatest yeah. is Michael Jordan. I mean, he's the greatest two-way player. But, I mean, guys that are self-made, you know. Like, that's like, you know, really, it's, 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 this is fun to watch, you know, because. It's for sure. And I guess one of the questions I have, though, is can Miami attract free agents? Because it's a hard, just like playing for Tom Thibodeau is hard. Playing for, I would imagine playing for Spolstra is hard. So even though you're down in Miami. Well, they uh, can. You the may weather. win. Your coach, Butler, and the taxes, why not? People could, wanted to could, go to Miami before. Why not? You got to bring your lunch bucket. You know what I mean? Right, right. But definitely, but like, think of like, if I'm a young, if I'm a Van Fleet, if I'm a uh, Pascal Siakam, if I'm a, I don't know who's, what about if y'all says, you know what? I want to forget New York, forget LA, the Clipper. I want to go play with Jimmy Butler in Miami. Well, you know what? Giannis is probably the one guy who could do that because Coach Bud was a defensive-oriented guy. He's basically a 3-and-D guy. You know, his team shoot a lot of threes. He converted Brooke Lopez into this fantastic, you know, Oh, and Brooke's available. Brooke's a free agent. Milwaukee's got to make a lot of decisions and moves. Brooke's a free agent. Yeah. Middleton would be a nice little – And even though Brooke is old – has the mindset to play on the Heat. Yes, he does. But I was going to say this. Even though Brooke is old, I think Brooke, the way he showed up this year, he's at least got two to three more good seasons left. So that would and be interesting. And Milwaukee be silly to let him go because he, he frees up a lot of the banging and the well, well, if I'm a wear and tear you keep, you gotta, If you're going to try to entertain uh, another run, you have got to keep Holiday, Middleton, Lopez, and Giannis. And then you're, you're, you're rotating the pieces around those four. Well, the problem for the, the Bucks, next... the way I see it, is the Bucks. it all starts with Giannis, right? So if the Bucks knew for sure that in two years Giannis wouldn't opt out, then they'd be all in. But if Giannis in two years decides to opt out and you've 
sign. Well, then you have to you have the potential Middleton to Lopez next uh, summer Middleton or something. An extended holiday for three, four, five years when they're all be past their prime, then you've set your franchise back. But you know what? You next summer, Giannis will be traded. Book it. Book it. Book it. He's traded next summer. So they if you think Giannis is traded, then you can't sign. You can't be stuck with Middleton at 34 and, uh, you know, the rest of Lopez. the guys over the hill and Lopez at 35. Well, then maybe uh, I match up their deals for two years. I'm doing two-year deals with these guys. I don't know that they'll take them, though. That's what I'm saying this offseason, Ray. It's really a lot. What do the Clippers do? What do you do? You, you break up uh, Leonard and George, but then, you, like you said, they're moving into the new stadium, so they have to kind of keep that and just. And keep what do you get for injured, oft injured all stars? And you know, no, you that's know why that's why you're stuck with Leonard. them. No, no, you're right. You're stuck with them. You are, and you got to hope that they stay healthy, and the deepest roster in the league with with one of the top five best coaches in the league, they just finally crack through and they're healthy and they get it done. Which, let's be honest, I mean, they totally can. It's not far-fetched that the Clippers could be in the finals next year. The Clippers could be in the finals, and the Clippers could lose in the first round. That's how erratic, <laughs> you know, that team is. All right, so as we get ready to wrap up, let's spend the next couple of minutes just kind of going over a little bit of the legacy talk. I mean, LeBron's about to lose, but it's been a yeoman uh, 20th season. He's the all-time scorer now. Um, you know, when you're looking at the active players, Kevin Durant's 13. I don't like to just focus on points, but James Harden is 25. Carmelo retires at nine. Um, and Ron's still active. The, you know, the only three active guys in the top 25, which is still really impressive for their legacies. I mean, James Harden, you know, whatever we say about him, the guy is like, he's an all time great. Um, and you know, Russell Westbrook's not in here scoring, but he, he showed me a lot when he left L.A. and went to L.A. with the Clippers and really was one of the best players on their roster in the playoffs. And like you said, he's been disrespected over the last three to four years. Um, does LeBron I, – I don't think this is any knock on him. You know, is there – is the window closed for LeBron and is the window closed for Steph for chips in terms of adding to legacies? We know it's still open for Durant, potentially, but what about Steph and LeBron? Are they, is there any chips on the horizon? Do the Warriors run it back? So I would say, interestingly enough, yes for LeBron mm. and no for Steph because Curry requires such a well-tuned, well-oiled you know, machine in that Steve Kerr system, right? They turn the ball over way too much. They Ugh. are too sloppy with the ball, but they make up for it because of their clutch shooting and their chemistry and their passing and all that. The problem is that they don't want to keep Draymond Green, but they might have to. Andre well, Gala, that's what I was going to say. Who know? goes, Pool or Green? Well, Poole's got four years and $140 million and so does Wiggins. Yeah, but maybe so, somebody says, I'll take Poole, and he'll be my, he'll be my second, third best player on my team, and, and, and he could really have an upgrade. He might be. He needs, he needs to be up there with DeAndre Ayton in Canada. He needs to change, uh, you know, to change his scenery. But the problem is the, 
Golden State Warriors are harder to plug and play into that system. LeBron, if LeBron didn't have to play 40 minutes a game and carry that team, either because Anthony Davis was doing his share every game instead of every other game, and he had a little bit more talent on that team, LeBron James can still win a championship. He just can't be relied upon, or I shouldn't say relied upon. He can't need to lift the team every series, right? If you could put LeBron – think about Kareem at the end of his career when he won those championships at the end of his career. He had a lot of help. A contributor, but he wasn't carrying the team. I mean, that was magic. That was worthy. That was, you know, all those other guys. So LeBron is still carrying the team in year 19. So LeBron could absolutely win a championship if you – put a couple more talented guys around him and just let him focus on the fourth quarter or let him focus on a half. Well, and that's where I, people talk about the Lakers signing Kyrie or trying to get um, a Van Fleet to come in for D'Angelo Russell because they need to upgrade. Russell's not the answer. But we look, the Lakers have found the right coach and they found pieces in Reeves and in Achimura. So now you're just kind of like – molding things around them. Maybe you actually get some help from Obama next season, you know, um, you know, to have size and more defense. And, you know, and I like, I think, I think it's just minor adjustments because this team gelled together in a beautiful way. Like it was like, wow. Oh my gosh. Like if hundred percent, if LeBron James could play 30 minutes a game in the regular season comfortably, Meaning, like, you're not worried about losing the game. 33 minutes. 30, and then the playoffs, obviously, more. You play them 35 minutes, 36 minutes, but LeBron can't be playing 40 minutes. So you definitely have a chance if you're you're, um, the Lakers. I think the West is so stacked that I don't know how those Golden State Warriors teams reload, especially without Draymond. Um, so if they keep him, then they sort of lost pool. So I think the Warriors are in more trouble. I think the, the Lakers, and I wouldn't have said this coming into the playoffs or even coming into the season, but I think it's true now. Well, could you criticize Kerr and, and the Warriors in the sense that they didn't properly develop uh, Moses Moody, uh, Kaminga, and, um, and, and Wiseman, Wiseman that they moved off from? I don't know if I would have you moved off of Wiseman. I think that's too fast. Yes and no. I think that, yes, you can't waste the number two pick and get nothing for him. And these other two guys that you thought were pretty good. The reason I say no and the reason why it's more difficult than just that is because they have such a unique system. Probably only 20% of the NBA players could thrive in that system. You know what I mean? You need to be a special kind of cat to work in their system. Whereas the Lakers, I feel like, is a more traditional system. You could get more people to contribute to the Lakers than you can to the Warriors. It's just harder to to work in Steve system. Okay. Well, listen, I mean, you know, we wish the Celtics and Lakers luck. You know, we both feel like – I kind of feel like the Celtics are done – I feel like the Lakers can get one because they are at home. The Celtics are in Miami. They've already quit. Their bags are packed. 
Uh, it, it was depressing. I'd be shocked if they win. So, you know, I, I tip my hat. I got the Nuggets beating the Heat in six. You got five, right? Is that your official pick? Yeah, I'll take five. Which hurts All me. Right. To, it hurts me to say Jimmy Butler's teams will only win one game in a yeah, series. Listen, you you might have to apologize for that. Remember, he could be listening. Watch your mouth. <laughs> Ah, Jimmy, you're still my man, Jimmy. You are still my man. It's it's been more than impressive what that 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 young fella has done. You know, so I, I definitely salute him. And this has been fun and we continue to look forward to, you know, the 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 finals and the off season and um and, you know, we may surprise you and, and, and be back, you know, during the finals or something. And and uh, free agency gets crazy, we might we might be back then, you know. So, listen. We got basketball like, in our blood. Don't worry. Don't worry. Yeah. Like always, man, talking sports with friends, this has been a pleasure and a fun. And just, you know, the world's crazy. So, try to have some fun and get entertained and enjoy some sports. It's, uh, it's a nice step away. And, um You guys just have a great summer. And, um, yeah, we shall see you you sooner than later. We'll be back. (laughs) Uh, Let's go, Knicks. (laughs) (laughs) Peace. Peace. Oh, man. All right, guys. Bye.